1: All right, guys, this episode is sponsored by Herd App Marketings. Now, you've heard us talk about the Herd App Media team and all the reasons we chose to work with them and how far the Hollywood Raw podcast has come in the last few months with much more in the pipeline that we're very excited about. But Herd App Media is only one part of the Herd App organization.
2: Let us say one of the reasons we chose Herd App, it was their reputation as one of the premier search engine optimization agencies out there. Search optimization, uh, for those of you who don't know, is the practice of optimizing your uh, website, podcast, YouTube views, or anything else to be found as high as possible in the Google search results at Marketing serves the marketing needs of companies of all sizes from mom and pop shops to S&P 500 corporations. They work with nearly 3000 business locations in 43 states. And this was the tipping point in the decision for the Hollywood Raw.
1: So we knew that growing Hollywood Raw meant partnering with a media company that also had a full marketing arm. And that's what at Marketing brings to the table. So at Marketing is not just SEO. They are a full service marketing agency with literally every service under one roof. There is nothing outsourced to partners like a lot of the other big agencies do and we mean everything social media marketing web design content marketing video production branding creative seo sem local seo all the SE whatever they have <laughs> the team in-house to meet your needs and ours
2: yeah that's why you see our TikTok blowing up uh we're getting ready to launch a whole new website and they are the power behind the news stories that we found on our website they literally do it all for us and they can do the same for you. So if you have a company that needs more customers or know somebody who needs new customers, you know by now that the internet is where you're going to find them. And Hurdat Marketing is the company that will get you found more often than your competition. Online at hurdatmarketing.com. That's H-U-R-R-D-A-T, marketing.com. Or give them a call at 877-662-4443. How are you doing? Uh, not much. I'm good, bud. I'm good. We had a crazy podcast last week. We had Mark Cuban on last week. Mm-hmm. Um, great. I've had such amazing feedback. Um, we got some good press out of it. We were in New York Post page six, uh, and I had a lot of people reach out to me, seeing how much they enjoyed Mark Cuban. And it's just good. feedback. Uh,
1: th- I think good feedback from people. People liked the concept of what we did in regards to like that entrepreneur versus Shark Tank shark. Perspective. I, I think people really kind of like, like, oh, that's something different, something cool. So I got a lot of feedback from that.
2: Yeah. Um, did you notice a little spike uh, with the trophy smack on the uh, the website? No. Uh,
1: you know what the thing is? It's not. That's not how our business works. I mean, even being on Shark Tank. You know, yes, there is a spike of traffic. You know, for people that want to come check it out, but. What people look for, because a trophy purchase is an in, isn't an instantaneous purchase. That's something that, like, you plan for, you know. So, I think we will see our spikes when it comes to fantasy football season. People will be like, oh, I remember, you know, Trophy Smack, and then go and buy stuff. So, yeah, that's kind of how it works well, with our company.
2: So, again, if you're listening now, last week we had Mark Cuban on the podcast. Dax is actually in business with uh, Mark Cuban because he has a company – called Trophy Smack, and Mark Cuban bought into the company on Shark Tank, which is pretty cool. Did you, when you, Dax, when you first did Shark Tank, did you get like, again, that episode aired on a Friday night. How was the traffic on the website, though, that Friday night?
1: No, no, no. It was Again, it was huge that night. It was huge on Saturday, um, and then they re-aired it a couple weeks later. We also got a massive spike then. Again, I say it's it's not. This is it was more of a branding move than anything because now people know about Trophy Smack because sure. you don't. It's not like a snuggie or a pop socket or something that you see. You're like, oh, I need that right now. You you put it into your brain and you go next time. Oh, I my kids, you know, uh, little league needs trophies or medals. Okay, Trophy Smack. Or I have corporate yeah, yeah. awards. I'm gonna go to them. Or I need a championship belt. I go to them. But no one does that purchase instantaneously.
2: Sure, makes sense. Makes sense. Well, again, we had Mark Cuban on last week. Today we have uh, one of my favorite shows on TV, Million Dollar Listing New York. Maybe it's because I'm a New Yorker, but I love the show. I think it's really interesting. I'm very curious about these guys because we see how much money they spend in the marketing, and you know, we see how much these homes are going for. I'm curious how much the how much do these guys actually make? What mm-hmm. is the commission on these huge homes? I, I'm a fan of the show. I've been watching for a few years, and he's one of the newer cast members. So uh, I'm sure this show has kind of—I have to think—it's helped out his his success a oh, little it, bit. You know, as, it has as,
1: to, right? Like you're on television. I mean, real estate agents pay a lot of money to put their faces all over everything in my neighborhood, so I gotta imagine being on national television is a huge, huge help for a real estate agent.
2: Yes, and uh, before we get to him, the best thing you do to support this podcast is leave a review. You know, we're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube page. We're on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. We're on it all. But uh, when you go to iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast, if you leave a review, five star only, say some few words. It's the best thing to support us. And we will read your review live on air. Dax, do you have a review ready for us?
1: I do. I do. So this one is from. LBT, I think is how you say the name. Five stars, and the title is Laughter. The guy's laughter is infectious. Great podcast, great content, great guests. Gets you away from the doom and gloom from the world right now.
2: Well, Very nice. Is I appreciate a great that.
1: Con- and, hey, listen, uh, you know, we love these reviews. That's why we read them. They, they are a huge help for us, and the algorithm on iTunes gets us out to more people. Um, but if you guys either don't have iTunes and you want to leave us, you want to somehow talk to us, our phone line is up and running, so you can call us, leave a message. It is 833-HWR-LINE. Again, that's 833-HWR-LINE. Leave us a message. Ask a, a question for a celebrity. DM us a video of yourself asking a question to a celebrity. Um on IG and we will use those throughout our shows. So,
2: yeah, it's a, it's a really fun option, you know. You don't know who the celebrity is. It could be ridiculous, it could be random, it could be interesting, and you could ask it to celebrity and it's pretty fun. We've had uh, some really cool moments over the past few episodes. Dex Tell us about our guest today.
1: Yeah, our guest is someone who is new to the television world, but is making a big splash on Million Dollar Listing New York. Tyler Whitman is joining us. Welcome, Tyler.
2: Tyler, thanks for coming on the podcast. Obviously, I am a huge Million Dollar Listing New York fan. I've been, I've been watching the show for a while. I'm more. I live in New York. Dax is in California, so for me, it's like I. I resonate with the show very well. I mean, I loved when they had Frederick, Ryan, and and actually, I love I like Louise. Louise is no longer with the show. Like, why didn't Louise still be? Why was he not longer with the show, or what happened to him?
0: Uh, you know, what's interesting. I so I actually don't know Luis that well. We've uh, I knew him outside of the show. We've done some transactions together, but um, you know, I, he's not in the city anymore, from my understanding. People ask me a lot about him. I mean, fans. We're obsessed with him. Uh, yeah. And so people will ask me thinking I have an inside scoop that I promise you I don't have. But it is my understanding that he doesn't live in the city anymore. I think he's like out exploring the world and living his life. And I don't think he's in real estate anymore. According really? to. Because I am friends with his old business partner, Renita, um, uh, who's on the show a good bit with him. Uh, I do know her well. And it's my understanding through her that he's not in the business. Be wrong. Interesting.
2: So Luis is no longer doing, as from what you know, Luis is no longer doing real estate. Do you know why or?
0: No, you know, I think from my understanding, he's just kind of like a world traveler. You know, I think he, I know he left and went to Europe. Main, I mainly know that because they followed it on the show a little bit. Um, sure. And then, and then I think at the end of, cause he came back, my first season was last season and he came back on for a little bit. And I think at the end of the season, he moved to Puerto Rico And then I actually just saw recently some I think Ryan shared on his Instagram that he was working on this new travel TV show on Netflix. Um, So I think he's just working on other projects and like, you know, living his living his exploration life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) An exploration life. I like that. So I I don't know about New York because obviously, like Adam said, I live here in L.A. and real estate is fucking insane right now. Like, is this the best time to be a real estate agent? Because things are going for hundreds of thousands of dollars over asking price. Like, I mean, houses around me, they list. And then suddenly the offer comes in literally $100,000 over. It's wild.
0: Okay. So I I have a a few opinions on this (laughs) that are pretty strong. Uh, So firstly, it's maybe the hardest time strategically to be a real estate agent, you know, because so we work with buyers. And New York is just now getting into the same arena as all the other real estate markets. During COVID, real estate exploded. I think people got really passionate about where they spend their time and uh, where they live and how they spend their money. And and so most real estate markets really took off. New York City, that was not the case. I mean, we had mass exodus. Everybody left. Uh, Nobody wanted to live on top of each other anymore. And so prices plummeted. And then now, just in like the last few months, I mean, the city has come roaring back. And I know what we're experiencing now is what a lot of real estate agents and other markets are experiencing is like, it's hard to give, it used to just be like, well, here are the comps, here's the value of a house. And, you know, here's the offer that you should make in order to, and, you know, and here's how we should strategically put it together to make you win. People are coming in right now with such insane emotional offers that have really no data behind it, that it's really hard to give your clients strong advice and say, okay, we're going to make this crazy offer and it's going to get you the house because you're like, there's so many people who I just started to realize that, especially in New York city, I'm sure in Los Angeles, you just realize just how much wealth there is out there Mm -hmm. and that people can just throw as much money as they want to get whatever they want and like i have uh so i sell in the hamptons as well hamptons has been insane this entire time but I had a place that i thought i priced on the higher side at two million dollars and we got like 12 offers in the first week uh ended up sending a contract out at 2.3 and then right after that somebody came in at 2.6 and i was like i, I was like Gu- guys i was like everybody just relax <laughs> you know it's just <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy um and it was for a great house, but I mean, it wasn't like a life changing house, (laughs) you know, it wasn't like, um, so yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But I would actually say the craziness makes it, it makes it really hard to give advice that you can believe in because it's not sustainable. Here's the reason that I'm worried about it is these bidding wars and people going way above the asking price is definitely not sustainable. And, you know, that's uh, there. There is not an endless supply of money. There seems to be right now, but that is just not how the world works. There's not going to be an endless supply of money. And so, you know, I get concerned with people spending this kind of money on property and what that's going to look like for them in the next four or five years but at the same time as a real estate agent i'm like you can't be homeless like this is what it takes to win right now so i have to tell you like we have to pay a lot to get this house and that's that's how it works but yeah i'm concerned about what things look like in the future because of it
1: so how long do you think this is going to last like where where do you how long do you think this like upward climb of real estate price is going to be before i mean it has to fall off It, it it has to
0: right i mean. There's only so many billionaires, right?
1: There, right? Or am I yeah. wrong?
0: There, are we all going to be, guys, are we all going to be billionaires?
1: I mean, sign me up. <laughs> and I was like, you know what,
0: actually, you know what, the house prices are going to continue to go up because we're all just going to like wake up to a big, beautiful checks one day. Um, you know, I, it has to be somewhat soon, I, I would imagine. You know, I think it has to be, I think it has to be in the next year or two. I mean, it's just, uh, there is going to be a moment where people are like, oh, this is this is crazy. I can't throw this much money at a house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, and I don't think it's going to like, I don't think it's going to go down. I think maybe we've set a new normal and a new standard and like housing has reached a new level of, uh, of value. I also think that housing has maybe reached something that real estate has always kind of sought after, which is liquidity, you know, because we don't really see houses as like a super liquid asset because you don't know when it's going to sell. But I do believe that we found kind of like this equilibrium within real estate markets to know that your house will sell at at a proper price and it'll sell quickly. And I hope that that's just how it works from now on. Because then I think it becomes much more safe for people to put their money in houses. Whereas like people who are putting every last cent into their home often have concerns about like, what if I need this money though? Like I'm putting all of my money into this house and like, You know, if something happens, it's not like I can like rip a rip a hundred dollar bill off the wall. You know, it's just not how not how it works. Whereas like, you know, if you're investing in the stock market, you can have that cash in a few days if you need to. And a house just doesn't work like that. So the liquidity aspect I think will be really good for real estate markets in general, just because people will feel more confident about putting their cash in there. Because if something happens, they can sell it and get it out pretty quickly.
2: Are people trying to buy houses with cryptocurrency? we have started to see that. And it's, it used to be,
0: I remember, um, you know, I don't even know when it was, it wasn't that long ago, probably like five, six years ago that people would come in and offer cryptocurrency and they were being dead serious. It would always be like these kind of like strange buyers who are like, will they take Bitcoin? And I would, I would laugh because I thought that they were thinking it was uh, a joke, but uh, they were serious and everybody, you know, we would not even consider it now. Like, I have sellers who are like, please put in in your marketing materials that will accept X percentage of the purchase price in cryptocurrency.
1: When it comes to crypto, that's just between the buyer and seller. Like, there can't be any banks involved, correct? Like, it would just have to be directly from buyer to seller?
0: For now. I mean, who knows if there will be some sort of collateral opportunities in the future. Um, But,
2: yeah, it does have to be between them.
1: That's so interesting. Never thought about that, Adam. That's a good question.
2: Yeah, yeah, so when it comes to crypto, is it like are they accepting dogecoin, you know, or does it does it matter the coin or anything when it comes to crypto?
1: I mean, how much dogecoin are you going to
2: need to get a house? What's <laughs> so that, 30 cents maybe now? Yeah. <laughs> I don't
0: know. I just listened to a podcast the other day about it was called the Dogecoin Millionaire. <laughs> And uh, about this, uh, it was really the first time I had really learned, learned about Dogecoin. Uh, no, the only ones I really hear about right now are Bitcoin, just because, you know, that's obviously like the hot one. Um, but I don't know. I'm still, I, and to be totally transparent, I'm still learning a lot about cryptocurrency. I'm not sure I completely understand it yet. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's hard for me to like have intelligent conversations with my clients around it, but a lot of them understand it. And they're like, don't worry, I'll decide what I'm willing to take. And I'm like, okay, let me know.
1: (laughs) I I see that as being super scary. I mean, just how volatile the, the prices are, the value goes up and down, like you hand over this amount, and then tomorrow Bitcoin drops in value so much, and then it's like, well, your house didn't necessarily go down in value, but now you don't have anything to show for it. That's it's wild. You've got you. Not only do you have house prices fluctuating, now you got the the price of of Bitcoin or the value of Bitcoin going up, up and down. That's kind of scary to me.
0: I agree. I agree. I just think that there's so many people who really believe in the future of cryptocurrency and what is ultimately going to happen long-term, that they're willing to take that risk. But I also, a different podcast was specifically talking about how don't mix cryptocurrency and real estate. It's just, mm-hmm. there's too many unknowns right now.
1: Yeah, for sure. So
2: when you you had that house, I guess it was 2.3 and 2.6. What That was in the Hamptons, correct? Or Yeah. How much are the taxes on a house like that? Out
0: here, the taxes are actually not that bad. Uh, for that house, it was... I would need to go back and look, but it's like 5000 dollars annually.
2: Oh, that's not bad at all. It's no, not bad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah, no, that's one of the things that people like about it out here. Is that what's
1: what's the most expensive house that you've ever either sold or helped someone purchase?
0: Uh, I'm kind of in the middle of my biggest one right now. And there's like Ooh. I'm almost afraid to talk about it not because it's <laughs> Just... it's my most expensive by like double. Um,
1: really?
0: Yeah, it's in the thirty million dollar range. Holy mackerel!
1: Wow, would, that's yeah, amazing. Which,
0: which would be a life changer. Is that Hamptons or New York City? That's in the city. Um, wow. I've done I've done a lot now that are in like the ten to fifteen range. I haven't really broken that twenty million threshold. Uh, so this would be really exciting for me if it does end up happening, and it's uh, a one of a kind. And it was also just kind of like one of those magical, like preparation meets opportunity moments of just like a, oh wow, thank you, whatever (laughs) universal power that was, Um, you know. But but it's not done yet, so I I, I can't. Right now, it's like 15 million, but there's a chance that next week it's 30. (laughs) That's
2: that's a big. Now
1: now, is the show documenting this process? Because I mean, I got to imagine if you're like, hey, I've got a. $30 $30 million property, they're gonna send their cameras out and you guys will be recording, or is it off season right now?
0: Uh so we we did just finish filming for the current season. Um, you know, and it's interesting, you know, not all of our clients are willing to film. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so the show doesn't follow all every single sale that we do. You know, they liked and they really are more about I think as the show has progressed, it used to be like, give us the best real estate porn that you have. Or at least as, I said this like I've been on the show forever. I've been on the show for a season. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm like seasoned over here. Uh, it's my understanding that it used to be all about real estate porn, like give me the sexiest, crazy mm-hmm. properties, which is still something that they're very into. But you know, I think the audience has gotten used to seeing really sexy properties. And the new thing that's exciting about real estate, and the thing that's exciting about reality TV in general, is being able to identify with people that you think you have no nothing in common with. And I think it's one of the reasons they chose me to be on the show is because I work with a lot of everyday New York everyday people, uh, which is still its own interesting bubble. Um, you know, so when we're talking about which properties of mine they want to follow, it's actually less about the property and more about the story of my clients. And you'll see this season, I have some I have some stories coming.
1: <laughs> so, but I guess that's my question because like, so you guys are on your off season now from filming. If something amazing lands in your back pocket, like a $30 million property and it's an amazing family that you're like, oh, these people are so great for TV can you call up Bravo and say, guys, I know this is our, our off season, but like this is worth documenting because you only have a certain time window before that whole storyline is gone.
0: I wish I wish. No. I, have, I have so many great things that happen off camera. Um, the, the, and it used to give me a lot of anxiety when I was brand new on the show. Cause I was like, I have this awesome thing happening that I like, want to share with the world and like, be like, look at this cool thing. Um, but you know, that no, they don't just like hire a crew to like come out and film you know, like
1: out of budget, out of contract. Out of <laughs> but uh, it seems like it to be a smart idea, but I am not the head of Bravo. So I know,
0: I know. But the interesting thing about being on the show is that, you know, a lot of people reach out to me because they know they're good for TV. You know, and so the, now that I'm on the show, the first season I, you know, I, it wasn't like I could like put in my marketing, like I'm on million dollar listing, come work with me, but now people have seen the show. And so a lot of them reach out knowing that they're good TV and people have like this self-awareness. And, um, and so the cool thing is, is like awesome stories fall into my lap almost every day. And when it comes time to actually talk about putting the show together and the, I'm like sitting there, I'm like, which ones are we going to, cause you know, it's not like we have unlimited episodes. And so, you know, we have to kind of like narrow it down to like the juicy ones um, or not even the juicy ones, just the ones that I think, cause like I try to also choose and, and they give us a lot of creative control in that regard of like which properties and people we want to work with on the show. Uh, cause they know a lot of it has to do with just chemistry and like how you vibe with the person. Um, you know, but I also try to like like i have a story of like these empty nesters on the upper west side this season that i think is just like heartwarming you know they're not strange at all they're just really really good people who are like trying to sell their family home in the middle of a pandemic and i was like a lot of people can probably relate to that you know no matter how much money you have i just try to like find stories that i think people will be able to connect with um and (laughs) they really show up a lot
2: How does that conversation happen between you, the Bravo, and the seller or buyer, as far as coming on the show? You know, like you said, some of them don't want to come on the show, but some of them are open to it. How does, you know, how does that conversation happen? Do you have that conversation? Does Bravo have that conversation with these people? Um, it's honestly, it's all
0: pretty. It's so funny because it's all just so like organic in my head that it doesn't even feel like a thing anymore. Yeah, I just I I tell them. Uh, they i mean of course they want to know a little bit about the people and like what's going on they kind of just trust us a little you know i'm like hey i have these really interesting people that i'm about to start working with and bring the cameras let's see you know they're certainly open to being filmed and let's see let's see what happens and i've never had one that they were called later and we're like we didn't like them <laughs>
2: you know well- do you, do you ever ask Bravo to push back a little bit because there's a potential for you to make a lot of money and not just you, your team. There's just other people's incomes that really rely on this sale or you know this purchase. So do you ever have to go to like you know, Bravo and be like, listen, don't edit my person to look like an asshole or please, can you step back a little bit because I'm about to fucking make a lot of money right now?
0: No, so uh, – and, and I, I've never had an experience like that. Um, it's actually on the other side. I have a lot of clients who are worried about how they're going to be edited. And of course me coming on the show, I was like, cause that's what everybody says. They're like, oh, they edit everybody to be crazy. I was like, just don't, don't be an asshole. Don't say something. I was like, they're not going to like splice together something you didn't say. Sure. Um, you know, and I've yet, you know, and I've, you know, I joined halfway through the previous season. We're just starting to see the new season there have been things that I've watched that have been like, oh, because I think that's the best part as a cast member is being able to watch yourself and be like, oh, I said that. That's not cool. Like, I need to learn and grow from that. And I've certainly like had those experiences, but I've never watched it and been like, that's not fair. I didn't do that. I've just been like, oh, I'm like, I did do that. i was <laughs> like, I'm like, that was supposed to be funny, but I just look like an asshole. I'm like, so, <laughs> um, you know, but my clients get really concerned about it. And I've never, uh, so far anyway, knock on wood, had a client reach out feeling like they were treated unfairly.
1: What, what's your relationship like with the other cast members? Because I know the the real estate industry is very cutthroat. So you've got you know with you're you're going to see these guys or ladies out, and so what? How does that work? Because you are like we have to be cordial on camera. Are we really friends? Are we not? Because they could take my listings like. What is the dynamic?
0: It honestly it's evolved a lot because when I got on the show, you know, I'm certainly the underdog character on the show. I wasn't nearly in like the arena of success as the rest of the cast. And so I hadn't really interacted with them and I didn't really have much of a personal relationship with them through the success of being on the show and getting my name and my brand out there. Now I'm I'm pitching all the same listings as them and it's changed a lot because last season I kind of felt like the little brother. Everybody was like always reaching out to me. They were really supportive. This season, that dynamic has definitely changed a little bit as like now they see me as more of a competitor than like this sweet little like up and coming boy that I was my first season. And, um, you know, but, and I don't always like, like for instance, I don't think I've ever filmed with Steve Gold because we've never done a deal together. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and so like if it doesn't happen in real life, they just they don't like force it. Um he's come to he came to one of my events and I've been to a couple of his events that cameras were there for, but we've never had like a like a story together. Um I uh do a deal uh, so Kirsten, the new cast member and I, uh we had some we didn't have like a friendship before the show, but we had done business together um that had mainly gone well, but at the beginning of this season, she and I had a lot of just like very organic competition happening. We were up for a lot of the same listings. Um, I had taken over a couple of her listings right before the season started. And so she and I were definitely the most cutthroat with each other in the beginning, but you know, things change. Like she and I ended up doing, a deal together, had a ton of fun, um, and now we're working on another deal together and uh, through it all, we've become friends, but, you know, it's certainly an evolution and a journey. Um, and I kind of feel that way with everybody, you know, Ryan has been very generous with me. Um, you know, he definitely takes on, um, probably the most, uh, I would say probably the most supportive of them all. Um, you know, in terms of just like reaching out, seeing how things are going. Uh, you know, cause it's a unique experience to like put your business on television, but it's real. You know, it's like, I was, I was just a normal guy selling real estate in the city that got cast on a TV show. And I'm trying to like navigate this thing that you like the interesting, Cause like, I can't call my friends and ask for, I'm like, what would you do if you were on a TV show selling a house? You know, cause nobody's done it. You just kind of like sure. figure it out. It's a, uh, it's
2: an interesting ride. How did you get on the show?
0: Uh, You know, it was just a, they get, they don't like us to talk about it, but, um, you know, but it was, uh, it was pretty organic. You know, uh, I was, uh, posting a lot of marketing, quirky marketing videos of myself. I'm clearly, uh, not shy with the camera. It was all over my social media and, uh, and they found it. Next thing I knew there was, there was a contract in my email.
2: (laughs) That's incredible.
1: Does it make it easier to be a real estate agent when you're on TV? And I I just mean because people, I think about how much money real estate agents put into marketing and advertising themselves. That's why I get flyers on my door. That's why people, real estate agents, pictures are on every like sale sign. So when you're on national television, do the deals just start coming to you?
0: No, no. No. And that that was actually, uh, A, the biggest misconception that I had. I thought that uh, I was... I remember the day after my first episode, I was like, okay, team. I was like, we need to be in the office. I was like, our phones, and we just kind of like sat there like, why has nobody calling? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were famous now. Um, and if anything, uh, and Ryan was actually, this was, Ryan was very generous with advice on this. Uh, and and I took it and now it's amazing. Because, you know, he has built a real estate empire for himself through being on the show. And, you know, he was like, when was the last time you watched a TV show? And it got to the end and you were like, I'm going to call that guy. (laughs) He's like, if anything, you become a little bit unattainable. I think people like might watch the show, say like, I like that person. He's the kind of person I would want to do business with. Um, But he's on TV. I'm not calling the guy on TV. And I do think that that's like the average mindset. So I actually kind of felt like I started getting less calls and like even clients of mine that I had done past business with, I found out like they had sold their house to somebody else. I'm like, Oh, they were like, I just assumed that, you know, you're a TV star now. And I was like, Mm -hmm. right. I was like, this is still, I was like, this is actually my job. I was like, like, I'm actually a real estate agent. I still want to sell houses. And so now I spend more money on marketing than I've ever spent before. I mean, I spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on marketing. Um, because you really have to capitalize on it and of course you know i'm like it's all about taking the show and capitalizing on that but you have to spend a ton of money on it and then the phone call started to pour in i think once i got in front of them and people were like oh i mean he's reaching out a lot He's clearly spending a lot of money on reaching out i guess i'll call him um and and now once i learned how to play the game and it's very expensive to play the game but once i learned how to play it then the business just exploded wow
2: so when you sell a house, let's say $15 million, your commission is how much?
0: On a $15 million sale, it's
2: $450,000. Four hundred fifty, And then you're splitting that among how many people?
0: Uh, so that's that's basically because you represent... So it's $450,000 to each side. The commission is 6%. So the total commission is 900000 So let's say I represent the buyer. It'd be 450000 And then so you split with your company. And in New York uh, the highest you can really grow to achieve in New York is a 70% split, um, uh, which is what most top producers are on. Um, and so let's just use that as the hypothetical. So you would keep 70% of the 450,000. Um, and then, you know, and then, so that's basically like what the Whitman team would take. If it's just me, then I don't split it with anybody else. Like, so if it's like one of my clients that I'm not, but if it's like an agent that I'm working it with on my team, then we would split the remainder 50, 50, you know? So if it's approximately $300,000, I take one fifty and they would take one fifty. Um
2: Yeah. But so a matters. lot of times
0: in that price range, I'm usually just doing it by myself. Sure.
1: Makes sense. I was going to say, so you being a real estate agent, you seeing all the greatest properties, the coolest places to live, where would be your ideal spot if you had unlimited amounts of money? Where would you buy a place?
0: Uh, I definitely would probably be in West Village. I mean, like a West Village townhouse is the ultimate dream for me. But, you know, that's a, that's a $30 million dream. Right now, I will say my current apartment is my favorite apartment. I'll live in my current apartment for a very long time. You know, it's huge. It's in a great location. It's a different kind of apartment that I've ever lived in before, and honestly, if I lived in this apartment for the rest of my life, I'd be very lucky. It's so fantastic.
1: So, one thing that's because people own apartments in L uh, in New York, correct? So, so that's always because in LA, you don't own an apartment; you either you rent an apartment. So, you do do you own your apartment?
0: No, no, I'm actually renting it, but I do think I'm going to buy it at the end of this year. It was a very last minute thing. And I was at first, I was like, I would never live in something like this, but I just needed like a, a quick rental. And, uh, and so, I, and it's a very expensive rental. And then I got in there, I fell in love with it and it is for sale right now. Um, so I think I'm going to buy it.
2: Nice. What, what
0: area are you in? I'm in West Chelsea. I'm on 18th and 10th.
2: Oh, okay. I mean, that's great. That's, uh, you know, you're not far from Hudson Yards and it's, uh, it's, it's a great area. Yeah.
0: Like I overlooked the Highline. It's great.
1: Ooh, I, have been on, see again, I'm an LA guy. I did the Highline once. What a cool area. Like when you walk down and you see all these like apartments and these buildings looking over this beautiful like park in the sky. It's so cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I love it. What is the hottest area in New York City right now for real estate?
0: You know, downtown is always hot. Um, At the beginning of this year, Tribeca was on fire, which is great because Tribeca had had some tough days. Tribeca is starting to cool off a little bit. West Village, I think, will probably just always be the hottest location in terms of pricing and real estate in general, because you can't really build there. So it's not one of the neighborhoods that just got overwhelmed with way too much new development, which happened in like like Chelsea has a ton of new development. Uh, there's basically a ton of new development everywhere except for the West Village. So there will always be a limited supply there. It's always going to be the most charming neighborhood in the city with the best restaurants and the best shopping. So this is where everybody wants to be, and there's a limited supply. So it will always um, uh, sell quickly for top dollar, for sure.
1: Have you been able to help any celebs buy homes?
0: Uh, only – so, uh, yes, but two, and they're both super private. <laughs> but, uh, but it's not – celebrities aren't a huge part of my business yet. <laughs> Yet, my business is mainly a lot of tech money. I work with a lot of founders and CEOs, and like those, my big buyers are usually coming from that world.
1: How do you get into that world? Like, is it just word of mouth? One person recommends you to someone else? Like, how do you get into this big money market?
0: So, I uh, well, being on the show was helpful, <laughs> and then um, uh, you know, Triplement, the firm that I work for, you know, we're uh, we're definitely a tech startup company. You know, we've raised a ton of money from a bunch of investors. So we just kind of live in that world. And, um, you know, and we were actually part of a, uh, uh, it was called ERA, which is entrepreneur roundup accelerator, um, which is just an accelerator program for startups that we did back in 2013. And so we pitch investors all the time. We're just like known in the tech world. And so a lot of the, even people who don't invest in us are like, but I, I need to buy a place you know, and uh, you know, so that's kind of how I got involved in that world. I have a lot of different sources now. I mean, social media has been huge for me, for me. There's a lot of people who just watch my videos and they're like, I want to work with you. Um, there are um, people who obviously watch the show and want to work with me. Um, uh, and then banking relationships that I have uh, send me a lot of business, a lot of referral partners, like people that I send, Contracting business to banking business to are sending me a lot of their big clients as well. So it's just a little bit of everything.
2: I watch the show, and then you see, like, when they do an open house, there's these extravagant parties, you know, and they have all the brokers there, and like, hey, we're gonna have a theme. It's gonna be a carnival theme, as an example. Do those things really happen? Yeah, and they're expensive. And it's
0: like, (laughs) but, and it's like for me, It's part of your pitch. So when you go for these big listings, people want to know what you want to do. And you can't just be like, well, I'm going to take pictures and floor plan and I'm going to put it on Zillow and fingers crossed. You know, you have to go in there with these big promises and you're like, we're going to throw this big party and, you know, we're going to have all these people. I'm going to have all the top brokers and we're going to have this event and we're going to make this video. And it, and then you can't just like put that in your pitch and then not do it. <laughs> and so, like, you know, but we get desperate trying to get these big listings and we start like uh, making these huge promises and then we have to deliver on them. So, yeah, those happen a lot.
1: What What's the most money you've spent on one of these, like, pre-parties? Because, I mean, if you're dropping, you know, $50,000, you're thinking you're not going to – that money goes out the window then in the commission.
0: Yeah, so there – I look at every single listing and what I'm spending on, you know, so for like instance. For me to make a listing video at the level I make listing videos, you know, because I do like commercial quality. I usually hire actors There's and I try to make them funny. So I, I try to get like real talent in there. You know, I've spent $20,000 on a listing video before. Um, and then that will be for uh, like the one that I did for 87th Street, the musical. That one was $20,000. You know, and that commission is going to be $180,000. But then I also think I'm like... I can only sell this apartment to one person. This video is going to get in front of hopefully a thousand. I think that video got like a million views. And so I think about it more so than just that one commission. And that, you know, so I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. it's $20,000. It is going to help me get this listing and sell this listing. But then hopefully it's also going to get me 30 or 40 new relationships that also bring in, you know, so I look at it as more than just the listing it's up against when I'm looking at dollars spent. And I usually make that budget at the beginning of the year. I usually, so like my budget this year, I'm going to spend $450,000 on marketing and that's, and then I decide how much of that money I want to allocate to each listing. Um, and you know, and as, and that's, that's a huge number now. In the past, I was only able to spend like $50,000 and then it grew to like 80,000, you know? And so, um, but I don't look at that money on getting one listing sold. I look at that, that's an investment in my business and growing everything that I'm working on entirely.
2: Of all the brokers on the show, who is the most successful?
0: It always goes back and forth between Ryan and Frederick and they're both so successful. And it's such a pissing competition between the two of them. It's like, I think they're like, they're like getting it down to the scent of uh, who sold more. I'm like, girls, I'm like, you are both rich. Like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, we don't, no, nobody's, nobody's feeling sorry for you. And nobody's more excited for the one who sold more. Um, and I really don't know who wins because I also think that, they're so competitive with each other that sometimes it feels like the numbers are fake to me. I'm like, okay, you're making things up now. They're like, Oh, and I sold an Island in the Philippines and (laughs) and it it was off market. You'll never be able to find it,
2: but it was a hundred billion (laughs) dollars. So how would you think someone like Frederick or Ryan are pulling in a year?
0: Oh gosh.
2: I'm actually personally their personal salary. What would you say? Roughly? I mean,
0: it's, it's a big number because, but I, but I'm very curious about it because so Ryan last year, he put an Instagram post. I don't think I'm blowing him up. You can scroll down far enough. You'll find it. He said that his team brought in $20 million in commissions. Uh, that was, I think that was 2019, but he said his team brought in $20 million in commissions. And so I was like, okay, I was like, he's probably walking with about half of that by the time he like pays everybody. And so let's say he made $10 million, um, And then, but then, you know, he also started his, uh, his real estate school, which I think is really successful. He's done book deals, he has endorsement deals. And so, you know, I I have no idea how much extra that could be. But it's very inspiring. I think
2: about it often. I'm like, I want to make that much money.
1: (laughs) I'm getting into real estate. Let's do this. Right?
2: So you understand, Ryan right now, Cipriani is like the hottest one. Probably one, it's always been, but right now during the pandemic, it's still one of the hottest restaurants in New York City. You go by Cipriani every day. It's some bougie kind of European people outside. And then right next door is Ryan's signs everywhere. Sirhan, 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 because that's where his offices are going to be. So it's like a great space to like be. A, it's a great commercial for him, for his brand, essentially. I saw him there about a month ago um, eating there. And this was right after he, made, he sold uh, – Bella Hadid's apartment, and uh, so that was a great. And I I talked to him about it. He said that you know when people go to purchase these homes, like they don't allow the average me and Dax can go and check out these homes. You know they have to check to see if these people could actually afford these homes. Now when you do these homes, and someone wants to check out a fifteen million dollar apartment, do you research these people before they come in and get to see a preview of this place?
0: Oh yeah, yeah no you can't just like let people. Um,, uh, into any old property. The only time I don't check them out is if it's coming from like a broker that I know and respect. And then I, you know, and then I'm just like, okay, I'm like, this person is successful enough and has proven themselves enough times that like, I don't need to quiz them. Like they've, they've, they've proven themselves to me that they're quality and they represent quality people. But if somebody just sends me like a random internet inquiry, oh yeah. Like not only do I need to find you on Google, but you're going to need to send me a proof of funds.
1: So you're not going to let us walk through the $30 million apartment (laughs) you're selling.
0: Well, how much money do you have? (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: Not thirty million, I'll tell you that much. Dex, he, he won't even let us trick or treat at those homes.
1: Yeah, I mean, look how good my view is. You can tell I'm really high up in LA. It's a beautiful view out here.
2: <laughs> well, Tyler, man, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's uh, I'm a huge fan of the show, and uh, I see what you do on social media. You're a fun follow, you know. And it's uh, I think you're a great addition to the show. You got good energy, and it's uh, it's cool to see you rise in the real estate game and kind of uh, grow. With, you know, obviously Frederick and Ryan are some, you know, some big shot guys. And to see a rising star in the real estate game, you know, I think you do a good job selling yourself and uh, you do a good job selling for your clients.
1: And you can find him on on social media. You go to find his IG at Tyler Whitman. He's got some fun stuff, guys. I'm telling you fun stuff. Like, like Adam said, he's a good follow.
0: Thank you, guys. I appreciate the plug. I appreciate you guys saying all of that. It's been an awesome ride. Uh, and I appreciate you having me on the podcast. This is fun
1: no problem and good luck with your huge sale even if it's not on TV we're crossing our fingers for you that uh, it, it lands and takes you to another level man
0: I swear if I jinxed it by talking about it on this podcast, I'll be sorry.
1: <laughs> Listen, people have done well after this podcast. I, I don't know. I'm just saying that. But I hope that you are at least so we can put you down in, on our resume. Is Look, Tyler, he sold a $30 million place after being on our podcast. So everyone wants to be on our podcast now.
2: Dreams come true. <laughs> Tyler was cool. I like him. I, 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 you I know did what? too.
1: I, I, uh, you know, I, when someone says – Bravo doesn't like us talking about this, but that's my favorite kind of guest right there,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so weird that Bravo doesn't want them talking about that. It's funny because I know a friend like I know people have been hit up by the Bachelor people on social media, like, hey, we'd love for you to audition on the show. It's like it's sort of known right. now, it's, but that, I, I that's think what he's a, they do.
1: they reach out. To he's
2: a, it. He's an interesting guy. He's got a good personality. He's got a good uh, way about him. If I could afford his home, maybe I'd go through him. I'd use him as my broker.
1: I think the thing I was surprised about was that he doesn't own his own home yet. And especially for someone who is – well, I guess his he his success is still new, right? Like the way he said, like, my marketing every year has gone from 20000 to $80,000 to 120000 This year I'm going to spend $150,000 on marketing – Clearly, his Rolodex and his success is going up. I just think in the real estate world, I was surprised to hear he didn't own his own home yet. But yeah. maybe I soon. mean, listen. But
2: New York City is expensive, Dax. I mean, I'm talking for a studio or a or, or one bedroom in New York City. I mean, you're still talking more than the average like house of acre in like just outside this. Uh, I mean, so it's how still much like- is
1: a studio home in? In New York, New York.
2: Uh, all right, uh, I would say a studio right now. I would say the cheapest for kind of, I'll say Murray Hill, which is sort of in the 30s on the East Side. I, my guess again, I'm not a real estate person, and uh, I would say six hundred thousand minimum. You know, maybe seven hundred thousand. And like, for, and that's a and studio
1: for his apartment
2: in. Where did he say he was at the? Meat he, and district? he was in, he was in Chelsea. You no, know, he Chelsea. was in Chelsea probably has a one bedroom nice private building new doorman I mean I'm thinking minimum that's got to be cl- you know you're talking at ne- close to a million I'd say 900,000 maybe Why do That's you my live guess. Out there? Why? Dude, it's uh it's crazy, but Get it's out honestly of there. it's uh, it, now is like the best time to be in city. The, the 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 weather's warm, the people are out, it's great, it's fun, it's beautiful. Then the summer comes it gets a little gross, but right now it's been great. You know, it's been a lot of fun. But Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Uh, make sure you leave a review. It's the best thing you can do to support this. You can see the video portion of this podcast. We're on YouTube, uh, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. We're on it all. Hollywood, Hollywood Raw Podcast.
1: Like you I said, find le- me. feel free to leave us a message. We, we love hearing your guys' voices. 833-HWR-LINE. Again, 833-HWR-LINE. Just know if you leave us a message, there's a good chance it will make air. So don't leave us something that you don't want <laughs> broadcast <Yeah>. out there. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you can find me at, at Adam Glenn G-L-Y-N. You can find Dax Holt at D-A-X-H-O-L-T. And we'll see you guys next time. All right. A that Media Production.